My name is Ryan Wheeland. I'm the youth and young adult pastor here at Asbury. And before we begin, um, is there any way we can turn the lights up just a little bit in the house? I know that's a little strange, but is that possible? Um, I'm going to have you guys uh, really in, in the Bible a lot today in Psalm 148. And so I want you guys to be able to see your Bibles. Um, anyway, so before we begin, I would like to say thank you. My name is Ryan, like I said, and I believe this is the Word of God. It has supernatural powers to shape and transform our lives. And it's done that for me. It's changed my life. So to be able to open up the Word of God with everyone in here and share with you what I've learned is not something I take lightly. It's super meaningful, and it's a real honor. So thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for allowing me to open up the Word of God with you. Also, before we begin, I'd like to uh, say a quick word of prayer. This is my prayer that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best so we can become pure and blameless for the day of Jesus' return. And Jesus, please return soon. Lord, fill us with the fruit of righteousness and fill us with the fruit of the Holy Spirit that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and praise of God the Father, amen. So today we're going to be uh, in Psalm 148. Psalm 148 is a psalm all about praise. And we're going to be having the verses up on the screen for Psalm 148 this first time we read it through. However, for the rest of the sermon, Psalm 148 will not be on the screen. So keep your Bibles open to Psalm 148. Keep your app open to Psalm 148. We're going to be having our Bibles open to Psalm 148 all day. And then all the other verses during the screen or, or during the sermon are going to be um, displayed on the screen. So as you get your Bible open or your app open to Psalm 148, let me explain a little bit about it to you. So Psalm 148 is a psalm all about praise. And in this psalm of praise, you see at the beginning, at the end, the phrase, praise the Lord. First sentence and last sentence. Now it's a collection of psalms, actually. The last five psalms of the book of Psalms, so Psalm 146 through Psalm 150, all five, begin and end with the phrase, praise the Lord. It is a psalm about praising the Lord. It is one of five psalms all about praising the Lord. And that is what today is all about, praising the Lord. So before we go any further, follow along with me as I read out loud Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth, young women, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord." for his name alone is to be exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. 
and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Who's been to a concert? Show of hands here. Who's ever been to a concert, right? Summerfest is huge here. There's just this big country concert in Marshall. Concerts are pretty fun. You get like really kind of amped up when you're there. Everyone kind of knows the lyrics to the songs. They're singing along. You got some people like dancing. You got some people in mosh pits, you know, depending on the concert you're going to. And everyone's sort of caught up in this like experience. Everyone loves this band. Is just, there's this really cool communal vibe. Everyone is just singing along and having a great time. It's fun to be swept up into this thing, this concert. Now, this psalm is actually part of a concert. It is, an, is a cosmic concert, one in which all of reality is part of. All of reality is praising Jesus' name in this psalm. And it's only one of the five psalms of praise. And so if you forget everything else about Psalm 148, don't forget this. All of reality will praise the Lord Jesus. I hope as we read this psalm, we can become excited about worshiping Jesus. We read that all of the heavens and the heavenly creatures are going to worship Jesus. The earth and the earthly creatures are going to worship Jesus. And then humanity is called to join in in this chorus of praise. So we're called to join in with the chorus of praise that the heavens, the earth are already singing, and we are called to join in in that praise for the Lord. The Lord's name is, in fact, Jesus. All of reality will praise him. So in this first section of Psalm 148, we see that the heavens and the heavenly creatures are called to praise Jesus. Now in Psalm 148, we're looking primarily right now at verses 1 through 6. The first Hebrew word in this psalm might be familiar to you. Now, it's actually three words in English, praise the Lord, but the Hebrew word is hallelujah. And it's repeated over and over and over and over again in this psalm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And as we study this psalm today, we're going to begin to understand that it should be repeated over and over again because Jesus does receive and is worthy of all that praise. And so if that's what today's all about, that's what this psalm is all about, that's what we're going to be all about this morning. We're going to do something a little bit different, okay? I'm going to say hallelujah, and whenever I do, I want you guys to respond, praise the Lord, okay? Hallelujah? 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 Woo! <laughs> It's exciting, isn't it? So we start to see where we're praising, where these creatures are praising the Lord from. In the first part of the psalm, verses one through six, from the heavens in the heights above, we begin up as high as you possibly can imagine, up above the earth in the heavenly realms. Who there in those realms might praise the name of the Lord? Who there? Verse two says the angels and the heavenly hosts will praise the name of Jesus. The angels and the heavenly hosts, these creatures that are far beyond our imagination, far beyond what we can fathom in beauty and strength and power, ancient creatures that when they show up, humans tremble with fear. Oftentimes they have to say when they show up to humans, fear not, because in fact they are <laughs> very intimidating creatures. No matter their title, no matter their age, no matter their job in heaven, no matter their size, strength, or beauty, they are all Every one of them, every single one called to praise the name of Jesus. 
fall down and worship Jesus's name. All of the heavens, all of the heavenly creatures are called to praise Jesus's name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So as I said earlier, Psalm 148 is sort of like a cosmic concert. And this psalm that we're reading today is one of those songs being sung. And we actually have a picture of what this concert might look like in Revelation. And so Revelation was written by John the Apostle. He's one of three closest apostles to Jesus. After Jesus's life, death, resurrection, and ascension, he sends the Holy Spirit. And after that, John has a vision of the throne room of heaven where Jesus is sitting as king. And as he's sitting there, he is receiving praises from angelic beings. So we have a picture of the concert where this song is being sung. So let's go into Revelation 4, starting in verse 6. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third, third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So if we look here, we have quite the picture. These heavenly creatures, these angelic beings, the four, and then you have the elders, and we're going to be back in the room of the throne and filling out this picture more and more. But you have these angelic creatures praising Jesus's name. You have other angels that are described in the Bible that are just fearful and wonderful and powerful. You have one angel that's described in Revelation 10. He has one leg in the sea and one leg on land. His head is in the clouds and his legs are made of fire. Like you have these awesome angelic beings, all worshiping Jesus is in the throne room. Don't worry, we'll get back to the throne room in a bit. For now, Let's answer this question. How do we know that this is, in fact, Jesus that's being praised? How do we know that's him who's sitting on this throne? Let's remember Revelation 4.11 says, Lord, our God, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So the reason why he is worthy to receive praise is because he created everything, and it's by his will that all things were created. Now, as creator and sustainer of all things, Jesus deserves praise because he is the creator and sustainer of all things. We see that in Colossians 1, 15 through 17. So as we read in Colossians 1, 15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. 
He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So the qualification of being praised is creating all things. And indeed, Jesus has created and sustains all things. So the angels indeed do worship Jesus in the throne room of heaven. And it's not just these angelic beings and these creatures that are worshiping God. In fact, it is the galaxies and the heavens themselves. You have these beautiful images images that we're getting from the Hubble telescope of galaxies of unimaginable magnitude, size, beauty, and just these powerful stars many light years away. Beauty and wonder that is just unfathomable. How on earth was all this created? It is all, the heavens are all declaring praise to God. They are just joining in with this chorus of angels, praising Jesus' name, saying, you are worthy creator. You created us. You sustain us. You are wonderful, worthy, holy. You are it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we see that the heavens and the heavenly creatures are called to praise Jesus' name. Now, a word of caution before we continue about misdirected worship. When we consider the magnificence of these heavenly creatures, when we think about the beauty of the angels and the power and just the wonder of the galaxies, we can start to worship them. We can start to become obsessed with them. We can want to study them and and, and become so obsessed that we forget about the creator altogether, that, that we get distracted. We should never worship these angels. We should never worship the heavens. We should never worship spirits or become obsessed with them, whether good or bad. Thinking about them is a good thing. Pondering them and wondering about them is a good thing as long as it ends up pointing you in the direction of true and proper worship. True worship, worship of Jesus Christ, worship of the one true God. After all, the heavens and the heavenly hosts aren't worthy of worship, and they know it because they do, in fact, praise the name of Jesus. He created them. He sustains them, and through him they hold together. So the heavens and all the heavenly creatures are called to praise God. Guess what? We're through verse six. We have nine verses to go. Who's ready? Who's excited about praising Jesus? We have nine verses left of praising Jesus. Are you guys excited? Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Praise Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. All right. It's not just the heavens and the heavenly creatures that are called to praise the name of Jesus. In the next section, we see that the earth and earthly creatures are called to praise Jesus. So we see that in verses uh, 7 through 10 of Psalm 148. We've already seen part of the qualifications of why the earth and the earthly creatures should praise Jesus' name. Colossians 1, 15 through 17, it says, he created them, he sustains them. So if he created it all, if he sustains it all, naturally they should praise his name because without them, they just simply would be obliterated and cease to exist. So you have beautiful, beautiful pictures of sea creatures, the ocean depths, lightning, hail, snow, clouds, storms, mountains, hills, fruit trees, forests, wild animals, cattle, small creatures, flying birds. They're all called to praise Jesus's name. In fact, now this is interesting. They're called to join in in the chorus of the heavens and the heavenly creatures already. So you have this, you know, heavenly, heavenly concert happening where you have the angels and the heavens singing, and now the earth and all the earth, earthly creatures are joining in, and they're all singing in one chorus together praises to Jesus' name. Now, 
Here are several photographs from uh, the national parks, and they're taken by Dale and Melinda Eggerberg. There is the Grand Canyon. Um, you have Crater Lake, you know, Bryce Canyon, Yellowstone, Zion, and the list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? These are beautiful forests, unimaginable rock structures, deep valleys, enormous mountains, and they're all declaring praise to Jesus' name. And guess what? Those are parks just in America. All over the world, you have beauty and wonder just praising the name of Jesus in other countries and under the ocean. And that's just created nature. That's not including the creatures on the earth. The enormous amount of creatures, variety of fish and birds and mammals and just, it's all praising the name of Jesus. Another word of caution about misdirected worship. All of this wonder and beauty and magnificence, it's no wonder that some people get distracted by creation and begin to worship creation. Now, there is benefit in appreciating creation. Big benefit, in fact. If we appreciate creation, we appreciate the creator. So as we grow in appreciation for creation, we naturally grow in appreciation for the creator. So if I really like a particular painting, naturally I'm going to grow in my appreciation for that painter. Makes sense. It's natural. If I like a particular song, I'm going to naturally grow in my appreciation for the composer. It's natural. It's good. So as I appreciate nature, I can grow in my appreciation for the creator. So don't stop at just creation because it's missing the point then. And creation itself is praising Jesus. And as we appreciate creation, something even, I think, even cooler happens. Um, We actually learn about our creator as we appreciate creation. So if we read Romans uh, 1.20, we read, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, so since creation, God's invisible qualities, meaning his eternal power and divine nature, those two things have been clearly seen, and they are understood, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So as we appreciate creation, we actually learn about Jesus's, what does it say there? His invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So as we appreciate and spend time in nature, we grow in appreciation for the creator. And have you guys experienced something while you're in nature? You actually grow, like you start to understand him. You start to like get to know him better. You, You really do. There's something like divine about nature and being in it where it connects you with the creator. And that's a good thing. Don't stop at creation. Go all the way to the creator. Because in fact, creation praises the name of Jesus. The earth, along with all the creatures in it, sing praises to God. Creation is amazing, and we should and we can appreciate creation and praise God alongside creation, all praising the one who is worthy, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And now the psalm takes a little twist. Ever up to this point, we have sort of been looking at the concert, 
you know, we're like standing on the outside of the gate looking in and the heavenly hosts and the heavens are joining in, just rocking out. Then you have like the creatures and the earth just totally loving this concert, praising Jesus, praising Jesus. And all of a sudden, the psalm twists and it turns and it points directly at humanity, directly at you and directly at me. And we are called to enter into this chorus of praise, enter into this concert of praise. Humanity is called to join in the chorus of praise. In verses 11 through 12 of this psalm, we see that the kings of the earth and all nations, princes and rulers, young men and women, old men and women, children, all of us, every last human, including you, including me, we are all called to praise Jesus. Now this gives me goosebumps when you start to consider all else that is praising Jesus you begin to see all of these heavenly creatures, unfathomably beautiful, wonderful, and powerful, falling to their knees, praising Jesus. Then you see all of the heavens and galaxy proclaiming his name. Then you see all of these these creatures on the earth and the earth itself proclaiming Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden we begin to enter into that and we get to sing Jesus' praise and glory. We get to join in that chorus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As the church, we are actually particularly inclined to praise Jesus's name. It's not just that he created us and sustains us. It's not just that he has called to praise, uh, pray, that he has called us to praise him. But if we continue on in Colossians 1, we read in Colossians 1 that he did create us and sustains all things. If we continue on in that passage in Colossians, starting in verse 18, so right after 17 that we just finished, Jesus, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is part of Jesus' qualifications for being king over humanity and king over his church, over us. He shed his blood so we could be at peace with God. He unified us and has created in us a royal priesthood. We are that church. God has done that. And so that is part of the qualifications. And it's not, and it's not just with us. He has created a way for peace for all things. It's not enough that Jesus created everything, which he did. He also sustains everything. I like to think about it like the fact that he's actually enabling gravity to work. Without Jesus, gravity would stop working and we just poof, stop, no more. He is the one enabling gravity to work. He's sustaining us both physically and spiritually. And it's not enough that that is is all happening. He actually has died on the cross and has made peace with God on our behalf. Hallelujah. We see a detailed account of all that this is going on in Philippians Philippians 2, verses 6 through 11. So in Philippians 6, verses 2 through 11, Jesus' sacrifice and then ascension and then placement on the throne is detailed. So Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. 
He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And so now we see Jesus seated on the throne, receiving praises from all the heavenly creatures and all the heavens and the earth and the earthly creatures. And we start to understand that he is sitting there and we enter into his throne room. Even today, we enter into his throne room and we get to sing praises to God, praises to Jesus. And we actually see a picture of this in Revelation. So we're gonna go back into the throne room, right? One more time. Revelation 5, starting in verse eight. And where, when he had taken it, the seal, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. That's us, that's us. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They were saying all at once, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory and and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what are we singing here? Our voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. A final word about misdirected worship. We can misdirect our worship to the heavens and the heavenly creatures, to the earth and to the earthly creatures, and to ourselves. So worship service, Sunday mornings, worship just in general, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. Now, it's not bad to want to get something out of church service, to want to experience a great worship service. It's not bad to want to connect with Jesus in a powerful, meaningful way and get something out of service. That's a good thing to desire, but that's not the point. Believe it or not, worship service is about worshiping Jesus. It's about learning who he is. It's about worshiping him. It's about knowing where we fit in his story, not where he fits in ours. He alone is to be worshiped. We shouldn't turn worship around and make it about ourselves. Now, as we enter into his presence in this place, we worship him. It's about him. And so the psalm ends in verse 13 through 14 with a final call. God's name alone is to be praised. His splendor and wonder are above and beyond the earth. And he has raised us up to praise him. He has raised us up to praise him. 
Are you excited to worship Jesus? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, let's remember what this time of worship is all about. Let's time, when we come underneath the authority of God's scripture and learn about his words, his word, we are joining in billions of creatures all over the world and all over the heavens in worship of God. When we sing songs and lift our voices in praise, we are joining angelic beings and armies of angels in praise of Jesus's name. We are worshiping Jesus. Now there is a danger in misdirected worship. We can fall into the trap of worshiping angels or being obsessed with angels or worshiping creation or making worship about ourselves. That's not what it's about. The psalm makes it extremely clear. Worship is about Jesus. And who is called to worship Jesus? Who is it? All angels, all heavenly hosts, the sun, moon, stars, the skies, the oceans, the sea creatures, the lightning and hail, snow clouds, storms, mountains, hills, fruit trees and forests, wild animals, both large and small, all royalty, all rulers, all humanity, young and old, all children, and all of reality is called to praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, quite literally, that's what this psalm is about. Everything in all of reality, praising Jesus's name. And we get to join in. So let's close in prayer and do just that. Jesus, thank you so much for allowing us the honor of joining in with the angels, the heavenly hosts, the heavens, all the earth in the chorus of praise. I pray, Lord, that we can be excited and invigorated to join in the chorus. I pray, Lord, that we can envision all of earth and all of heaven and all of the creatures and all of reality praising your name. And we can see that we are joining in in this beautiful chorus. I pray, Lord, that we can experience true worship of you, that we can enter into your presence and that we can praise your name rightly. In Jesus' name, amen.